Hello, Sabrina here, and right now you're listening to a special episode of Calm Conversations. In this episode, we welcome guest host Egon Huan, who hosts Calm Collective's I Feel You Bro Talks on men's mental health. And for the first time ever, I'll also be joining in our I Feel You Bro conversation today, together with our guest Sean Lowe, the co-founder of Noah and Zoe, digital health platforms for men and women respectively, as we discuss the impact of sexual health and performance on men's mental well-being and self-esteem. So here we go. Welcome to the very first episode of I Feel You Bro on Calm Conversations. And I want to say hi to my friend, Sabrina. Hi. For the very first time, we're actually having a female voice on the panel. How does it feel? I'm super excited. Um, you know, I've, I've always had a lot of questions to ask my bros and my guy friends. So I'm really pleased to be here and I'm actually really excited to listen in to what both you and our guests today are here to share. Hmm. Yeah, I think a very big part that was missing in our previous I Feel You Bro episodes was really a female voice to balance everything out. You know, it kind of felt a little bit one-sided when I was doing the previous ones where we were talking about, um, uh, you know, different different issues that men faced for their mental health. Um, and I think you jumped in at the, the best time ever to, uh, because the topic today is really rather controversial, but also we should be talking about it, right? That's the whole point about trying to destigmatize mental health, talking about difficult topics and trying to make them not so difficult anymore. So like Sabrina said, right? We have a very special guest today to be able to talk about this. And right next to me is Sean Lowe. Hi. Hey, Egan and Sabrina. Thanks for getting me on. Yeah. How are you? I'm good. I'm How's good. How's COVID treating you? Um, not too bad. I'm actually in Melbourne right now. So every state around me um, is going on lockdown other than oh, Melbourne. Man. So we're <laughs> quite lucky. <laughs> That's right. I mean, for context, today is uh, 20... 20- <laughs> 29, 29 June. I think it's important uh, later the, the audiences think, like, oh, today Melbourne is going to lock down again. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. want to make sure the context is there. But otherwise, I mean, are you keeping warm, Sean? Yeah, I mean, hoodies on, socks are on, you know, like <laughs> trying to yeah. stay warm in this winter. But yeah, excited yeah. To, to chat with you yeah. guys. Thanks so much for joining us. So obviously the controversial topic, I'm going to talk about it right now. Uh, I'm going to mm-hmm. bring it up and we'll jump straight into it. So today's topic for I Feel You Bro is around sex and mental health. And I think in particular around men's, um, well, the inability to perform sexually uh, in many different ways. And I know there are many different perspectives and different buckets that uh, many of these men would fall under. Sometimes we know we have these issues, sometimes we don't. Mm-hmm. So I'm just wondering if you'd be willing to share uh, uh, what you know and yeah. also about the organizations that you founded as well for context. Yeah. So um, I'm actually the co-founder of Noah and Zoe. So Noah and Zoe are digital health platforms for men and women. Um, we treat stigmatized and highly sensitive conditions. So with Noah, you know, one of the main conditions we treat is actually erectile dysfunction, right? So I think a lot of people, a lot of men don't really know this, but actually about half of Singapore's male population suffer from some form of erectile dysfunction. Wow. Right? Half. So the, the stats actually... Did you say half? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, more than half, 51.3%. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Dude, Sean, are you able to share like who ran that survey? 
Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it's a study done um, in the Singapore Medical Journal. So it's a bunch of Singaporean doctors actually um, wow. that, that found the stat. So Is this, this across all ages, Sean? Yeah. Um, I think 30 and above, hmm. 51.3. And, and it's, it's, not, it's not like, because 30 and above, so every like, you know what I mean? It's majority from those like 17 and 80s, right? Actually, um, it's quite interesting enough. If you go to Harvard Health, um, it says that about the chance of men getting uh, ED increases 10% per decade of life. Mm. So you're 20 years old, you've got 20% chance, 30, 30%, 40, 40. It's kind of linear throughout, right? So if you're 100, then you know. now. Like, <laughs> What's, what are my chances? That's 32, man. 32%. <laughs> yeah. So you got <laughs> Yeah, I mean, really it, it's going to happen. Like, so, okay, okay. Sorry, go on, yeah. John. Uh, I'm, I'm just future-proofing myself. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, so, on that topic, then I, yeah. because it's so interesting, is there something all of us men should be aware of? Like, what are the telltale signs? Let's ju- let's just jump straight into it yeah. because I'm curious now as a as a man. Um, yeah. You say it's so common. Yeah, I don't know whether I'm suffering from it or not. <laughs> How so, do I tell? So I think do I need ED- to be emotionally scarred to be able to, oh. <laughs> to tell? No, so I think I think ED ED is. Um, comes in like really t- two ways, right? I think um, on a simplistic level, one is uh, the inability to get an erection. Mm. So you just can't get hard, right? Essentially. Um, the second is you can't maintain your erection. You so you yeah. cannot stay hard right. long enough, right? Essentially. So you can't get hard. Or you cannot, like you just get hard and go soft at first. So this is ED, right? So mm. how hard? I think it's a question that, you know, we get all the time, you know, like how hard is hard, you know? Um, but basically there's no real like, hard and fast rule but I think if you're not hard enough for penetration then <laughs> you know like generally what's the right. penetration <laughs> I see <laughs> god yeah, that was well done a, though if yeah, that was intended okay no, but, but yeah, thank you <laughs> I'm sure you no, said it okay, many I have times. a question I have a question for you Sean so like you know you mentioned that it's um, okay obviously there are these you know physical signs and symptoms of ED right um, so how yeah. often is it you know, as a result of a physical dysfunction rather than something like, I don't know, yeah. men, um, you know, something mental or even, t- you know, that's the idea yeah. of drunk dick, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. whiskey, whiskey dick. dick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. seriously. So I think there are, there are about um, three different like categories, right? You've got physiological, you have psychological, and then you've got like your, your medical reasons, right? So medical reasons um, to start oftentimes, you know, people who have like, who are overweight, obese, you know, with diabetes, often they have ED. So it's a, it's a, it's a symptom of your condition, right? Um, then you have your physiological. Sometimes as men, you just age. We just grow old, right? Um, our body just don't function as well as before. And then you have psychological as well, right? Sometimes the trauma, um, you know, sometimes, you know, with some of our patients, um, they we do actually refer them to psychologists because, you know, it could be something about their relationship, you know, so you, it's, it's not so much a physiological, I think it's fine. It's just mentally, you know, there's just some barrier they have to get through, right? And there's some, also something quite interesting, something called a sex paradox. So the whole idea of a sex paradox is um, you think you have ED but you mm. don't but the more you think you have ED then you end up you're getting ED oh <laughs> right? gosh it's like, so it's like a mental thing right the law of attraction right yeah it's like, it's, wow. it's like a mental thing so you get in this like sort of this loop so that's, that's how much like your mental health actually plays with your whole body mm-hmm. as well like um, you know like for guys your erection is not just like physiological like your whole body have to work together right it's like a work of art right like I mean it's, it's just, you know like you your your brain had to fire off the, the impulses your blood have to flow you know, your muscles it's everything so it's if like as long as 
basically for men, like ultimately is if your erection, like if you have bad erections, like essentially that's a, it's a sign that something is wrong in your mm. body. It's tough like your engine check. I can imagine that would be a, re- a huge blow to one's uh, self-confidence. I don't know. What do you think, Egan? <laughs> is that something... Especially yeah, the men's ego. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah definitely. You know, that, that's why like, I mean, I, I, I personally don't know. Like I can say I'm performing well, but I have a wife. And you know, with marriage, the expectations of sex kind of comes differently. So I, mm-hmm. I, I, it's hard for me to find that benchmark. So I think it's really subjective at the end of the day. And like you said, I, I do believe as well that if you keep thinking about it, the more it's going to happen. And I think that's natural stress, right? I know stress adds a lot um, with regards to ED. The more stressful yeah. you are at work, the more you're worried about things that are outside of your control, uh, you're not going to be able to have an erection. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, I'll, I'll, I do my best lah, personally to try and <laughs> keep myself stress-free. Um, but what's very worrying to me at the end of the day is that it gets harder, um, no pun intended there, uh, <laughs> with age to have an erection uh, or yeah. even to, to uh, approach another topic about premature ejaculation as well. You know, it kind of mm. comes hand in hand together too. So I am, uh, you know, I guess my only reality check would be, is my wife satisfied or not? <laughs> uh, and, and that's where I get my reality checks from because I'm going to talk about this other thing about peer pressure. Yeah. Um, let's say not wife, let's say just girlfriend, just starting off in your relationship and you're not sure yourself whether you're performing well or not. It's really not a topic that people bring up often, even to your own guy friends, mm-hmm. yet alone your female friends. So like, Sean, are you able to, Share any personal stories, either yourself or your friends that you know of, without naming oh, names, of course. <laughs> or anything with this, right? Because I mean, you must yeah. have had very interesting uh, questions from your own friends, given that this this is your field now. You're a subject yeah. matter expert on on this, and I'm sure you get a lot more conversations than say a regular guy like myself. So Correct. why don't you share with us? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, what kind of okay, interesting just, stories do you just have? Just to start off with, let's talk about premature ejaculation first, right? Maybe I'll ask like you two, like you know, um, how how long do you think an average man does in? Mm. Like uh, uh, ethnicity and race not included, right? Because I know I've average, seen like, some glo- previous like, studies. Global. Okay. I've never um, googled average. this. I was. Twenty minutes to half an hour. That's my thought. No man, I think I would. <laughs> wow. I would say Egan. I would say, ah, uh, like. Thanks for saying my <laughs> name out loud, right? <laughs> I would say me, like seven okay. to ten minutes, maybe. I don't know. Okay. Um. I'm, I'm being very adventurous <laughs> here. <laughs> Yeah, um, Sabrina's closer, but I think on average it's five minutes um, globally. Okay. So I think most men have this idea that the average has to be like 20, mm. 30, right? But that's like porn star mm. standard, you know? Mm. That's like unrealistic, you know, generally, hey, right? what are you trying to say here? <laughs> I'm just saying that <laughs> the reality don't, don't is be offended, men okay? don't last as long as yeah. they think. <laughs> yeah. hey, it's a safe you know? place, I'm kidding. No, and, and the reason why I'm bringing this out is not to like shame men, right? Or to tell people like, hey, no, but it's because like mm. porn has created this unrealistic expectation of mm. what it is to perform in bed, right, for men, right? So we have patients coming to us and these are not like 20-year-olds, you know, just fresh watching porn, right? 50-year-olds, hmm. 60-year-olds and like, I got premature ejaculation, I need help. When our doctors will ask them, we will ask them, okay, like, 
do you guys know what premature ejaculation is? Like, oh yeah, I want to last 30 minutes, 40 minutes, because the porn, you know, like, lasts so long. Then, like, you know, I only last 10 minutes. They were like, dude, that's not premature ejaculation. That's, like, normal, right? You cannot compare with porn. Right, so there's <laughs> this, uh, just this difference in expectation that, you know, um, that people think, right, that, oh, I'm just underperforming, I'm just underperforming, mm. right? But actually, yeah, actually, like, normal, you're average. Mm. Right, PE is actually when a man ejaculates within one to two minutes ah. of intercourse. Okay. Yeah. So, so so it's basically as long as you ejaculate before ev- <laughs> like below average, it's it's premature. Like, medically speaking, it's like one right. or two minutes. So like we, okay. if you ejaculate within one or two minutes, like you know, then it's considered mm-hmm. premature ejaculation. Yeah. So can I be a bit you, controversial and set a different benchmark there that it's not so much about timing, but rather what you're doing at that point in time. <laughs> For example, if you're not supposed to come, like if your idea of not having premature ejaculation is you wait for the girl to come first. And then you finish the deed because you're a nice guy and then you come later. But any earlier than intended is considered premature ejaculation. Therefore, if I think that I was supposed to last 15 minutes and I come, say, 10 minutes, would that be considered premature ejaculation? Because that was not my intention. I think, like, PE is a medical condition. So, like, okay, um, the medically speaking, it's, like, one to two minutes. But I think ending more is whether you're a good lover or you're a selfish one. <laughs> that, like, you, know, you see, that's, that's, that's a thing. huge such difference, a great though, area, right? Like, I mean, like, we're talking about two different topics yeah. here, I think. Like, one is the medical yeah. condition. And then yeah. um, obviously, you know, an experience. Okay, I'm going to share my perspective here. And, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, to have... Do, like having sex for one to two minutes of um, I'm I'm you know, guessing penetrative sex right with a guy versus something that's um, versus an experience that lasts say ten minutes, huge difference and you can tell when someone's like oh okay I'm done you know, there is a huge difference and. I did not know that it was a medical thing. <laughs> it has happened before <laughs> once. <laughs> um, but, you know, I assumed that the person was just like really excited or something. But, but, you know, I've also come across the, like, you know, someone kind of trying to write it off and as saying um, that, oh, okay, I haven't had sex in a long time. So I just got really excited. So how do you know if it's, you know, mm. something, something mental versus something that's an actual condition that you need to pay attention to? So I think with with PE, um, actually, it's very tied to your um, it's your mental. It's 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 really tied to your psychology. So actually, the the first line of treatment for men with premature ejaculation isn't medication. It isn't like it's actually counseling. Um, it's actually like therapy, right? Talking to a sex coach, a sex therapist, um, a therapist, um, just to kind of walk through, right? And sometimes learning the different exercises and techniques to control things like I I don't know like I I. You know, like thinking about your grandma. No, I'm kidding. No, <laughs> you just didn't think of your grandma. Oh, I, I know no. I, that's yeah, a yeah, legitimate yeah. thing, right? Like, yeah, just yeah, when you get too excited, you think about the true. least attractive thing to you. Hey, <laughs> no, my grandma's not. Wait, the least my attractive. grandma's beautiful. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking yeah. about. Hey, it's all subjective. Mm. All right, right. Okay, so yeah, essentially. Um, it's actually mm. therapy. I think that there, there are different exercises and 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 things to to go through, mm. right? So I think uh, with PE, oftentimes is is practice. Even with medication, it can help, right? But you know, over time, you know, the doc, our doctors will also recommend that you you kind of practice, right? You use every opportunity to practice and try to like last longer in bed, um, and that's that's the way to kind of treat PE. Okay, 
on on that topic then coming back to the question how do we i like you okay you've answered that about how we can identify but then how do we talk about it how do we start addressing it yeah um i think the first thing is that we have to understand that these conditions are like health conditions right um i think with when you talk about EDPE, especially if it relates to a man's like genitalia, oftentimes ego, right? Like it's, you know, it's tied to your manhood. So when a guy, we have seen this so many times, right? Like with our patients, people that we talk to, like when a guy gets ED or premature, it's like your manhood gets hit. And your ego just goes down. Everyone like, you know, you feel the embarrassment coming in. And because they think it's a sex thing, right? And, you know, and then they feel less of a man, right? Then that's where all the shame comes in. But you actually start to reframe the issue, right? This is actually a health condition, right? Like, for example, erectile dysfunction is often an early warning sign of heart disease, right? Um, because the blood in your arteries are just mm. not pumping mm. well enough, right? So if you start to reframe this as it's a health condition, right? And you remove it from this like whole shame and this whole like sex thing, then you start to like, you, you start to realize that people tend to like, be more open about it and be more like, okay, like it's a health thing, right? Not a sex thing. There's nothing to be shameful about. Let's let's go seek some treatment, right? Let's start talking about it. But if you're always thinking of that, oh, it's a sex thing, it's a sex thing, mm. or it's my manhood, you know, like you're in sort of that in that space, then it's really hard for you to break out of that and very hard for you to open your mouth. Because when you're saying you're essentially admitting that there's something wrong with your manhood. Mm. Right. No, it's really interesting that you you bring it up that way, uh, Sean, because I was just thinking as you were talking about, you know, the penis, I was thinking about the vagina <laughs> and um, it's, you know, it's in, in some ways there are, you know, like with regards to like what's going on down there, um, it's also really linked to other things that mm. are going on in your body. So for instance, for me, right, when I'm super stressed, I realize that my period gets delayed or, you know, um, I don't know, it comes early as well mm. sometimes. So that's that's usually mm. a mm. symptom or sign that I should be paying attention to my mental health. So yeah, right? and physical yeah. health yeah, too. Sure. Again, right? Yeah. Because everything's yes, connected. Exactly. I think I've watched enough Grey's Anatomy and medical dramas to know <laughs> that it could be a tumor <laughs> in the brain. <laughs> so well, I don't know. I've been watching too much of it with all the lockdown. But yeah, totally resonating with with that comment. Mm. You know, I think we shouldn't be taking any of these issues um uh, lightly and it shouldn't just be a blow to our ego i think we need to think bigger than that and recognize that there are bigger issues at hand and admitting that you have these issues is definitely a first step to go hmm. so sean uh, my next question hmm. is based on all the experiences that you've had with noah and zoe um how many of them actually from the first touch and go on your platform actually gets long extended care after that or does it kind of just like do a lot of them kind of drop off and then are in denial and say no no i you know it's all crap like i don't have this issue yeah so thankfully like the latter is not happening if not like it'll be very bad like business we're, like, we're gone like we're just churning everyone out <laughs> no but I think um, the, the the good thing is that actually a lot of people who come I think once they realise that hey like, okay so I think ideally we want to create a world that there's no stigma right it's super easy mm-hmm. everyone's open about it and that's what we try to do right through like having podcasts through you know through educating creating content but you know like I think the reality is that people are on their journey and everyone you know like experience like you know sort of like change their mindset differently and, and, and at different paces as well so we realized that it's really important for us while people are sort of adapting and opening themselves to provide a really discreet affordable way to mm. get treatment right um 
And I think once, you know, like men and Singaporeans start to, to recognize that, hey, that's like such an easy way, right? Judgment-free, you know, it's discreet, you know, I love it. I can get access. Then once they, they found that, like they just latch onto it and right? they're like, okay, like, you know, and they go through the whole process. They're like, okay, it's super easy to get ED mm. meds. You know, I got the doctor, I got professional care. I have, you know, I have pharmacists to give me f- um, medical advice as well. Then they're like, they stay with us, right? And, you know, we constantly try to delight them along the way. Yeah. But is there mental uh, assistance or is it mostly from just physical? Yeah. No, so we, we realized that, you know, quite early on, we realized that the we have to treat conditions holistically, right? It's not, like I said, it's not just a sex thing. It's not just not an opinions thing. It's, it's your whole body. So we actually have clinical psychologists on board, right? Um, to, to provide therapy. And, you know, we, we often see patients, especially PE patients, right, where, you know, it's, it's about psychology as well. Um, where psychology plays a huge part, right? Um, we, we, we see them coming for therapy as well. Mm. Yeah, so it's both. So you, you treat the physiological with medication, then you have therapy as well. Okay. Yeah. Then what can the opposite sex do then? Mm, I was going to ask. Well, not the opposite sex, like but a like partner. a partner. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah. Yeah. Um, great question. I think the, the, the first thing would be to like not shame your mm. men, right? Uh, um, is there anything that we should not be seeing, right? I I think, okay, just every guy, right? I think that like the moment you, you get ED mm. or like, you know, you... You know, okay, here's the thing, right? That I, I think I have to put it there, which doctors can verify, right? Which is every man, once in your life, at least you won't get as hard as you normally would get, mm-hmm. right? It could be stress. It can be multiple factors. You can change the position 30 times, right? Like every guy will somehow feel right? like, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like, and when that happens, I think, you know, sometimes like, I think what's great is, you know, like partners do not be like, take oh, it personally, you know, I guess. Like, like yeah, what's wrong okay. yeah yeah like i think with women like the, mm. the common feedback is that like women like will, will take it personally right and be like oh like is it me yeah like am i not, not hot enough? Enough. Yeah. there's a woman yeah. in the room uh, okay <laughs> no but i hear that a lot That's but you are, so you are quite I'm, right i mean uh yeah you're yeah. quite right i mean I, I have a personal like my one of my female friends she did share with me that oh my god sabrina i was in a room with this guy and he wasn't able to get it up and he actually said like, oh, you know, yeah. I've got a lot of things on my mind. And she actually said that she, th- she said that she really took it personally. And she was like, Sabrina, am I not sexy enough? Like, what's wrong with me? Right. So I think the bedroom yeah. is, a, is it's really a place for it's a place where a lot of our personal insecurities come up because we're so bare and so naked. Right. And vulnerable. So vulnerable. Yeah. But, you mm. know, as physically vulnerable we are, but like, you know, when we're completely, yeah, just naked with someone else all the other insecurities come up as well and uh, yeah but, but, but that's yes. it isn't it we, yeah. we feel our most vulnerable when we are having sex I think because so because it's the it's it's society conceives it as the most sacred thing right especially in traditions and cultures and that's why when people perform it it's like the most um, the most sacred thing to to be doing at that point in time then everyone's insecurities mm. all just pop up as well which is so strange because it's also the thing where if you don't do it well like that's it man your dicks <laughs> you know, your dicks five years could be the most scarred life <laughs> scarred period mm. of your life <laughs> Um, but yeah, you know, coming back to this topic again, I think we we should expand a little bit more about what uh, your partner can and shouldn't be doing, uh, because uh, you like what Sean said also. Like the the, the first thing I I've heard before is always um, a woman blaming themselves. I'm not talking about personal experience only. Uh, you know, I've heard from friends too. They say like 
same thing like Sabrina, why why he can't get it up or why he cannot finish and stuff like that. So mm. yeah, you know, I I I personally will yeah. say advice to everyone who's a partner uh who who has a partner facing this like don't blame yourself i guess will you agree yeah yeah i, I 100% i i agree um and i think the the step 2 is then like being there being open and being like hey you know like it's a health thing right it's not a taboo shameful thing cuz you know when you try to make it like a sex thing then you know you goes down that spiral it's a health thing and it okay like ed like if it's one time Right, I think that's like generally it happens to guys, but it is when it's recurring as well. Like, like consistently, you get it, right? Then be like, okay, like mm. let's see some treatments. Like, let's let's go seek seek some medical help. Just like if you have a fever, you have no shame going to see a doctor, right? So in the same way, I think with if you have ED, you know, you should have. It, mm-hmm. It's a health thing. It's you know, and who knows? Like we had a patient, um, who came to us for ED, um, after our doctors, you know, diagnosed him, sent him to check out, realized he had a heart condition as well. Oh wow! So you see, okay. like, it's it's yeah. it's a yeah, it's a health thing, right? Um, it's most often than not. Sometimes, like you know, it's just age physiological, but sometimes yeah, other parts of yeah. your body. And I so. actually I wanted to mm. also add. I think it'd be also really important to reassure your partner that you are there with him. Or even her, right? If you're, I mean, the other way around. Um, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're there with your partner, not just for the sex. There's so many more other reasons that you're with the person. So, I mean, I think I just wanted to put it out there. I think it's really important. We were just joking about drunk penis also, right, earlier. <laughs> uh, and all these one-night stands. Okay, yes, so uh, to just add we a bit of context, we are, we are talking about... Uh, proper relationships mm. and committed relationships and not so much like one night stands but that is also a segue for, to another mental health issue about feeling insecure and having the need to overcompensate because maybe you had one bad run uh, one night or day and then after that you overcompensate and then you add more stress to it as well but you know I, I have to say, if if I had any sexual partner who was very confident and helpful and supportive into saying like, oh, uh, it's okay that you didn't perform, let's try again another day, like, I'll be very surprised I'll be caught off guard because I that is unheard of. Hmm. So maybe that's the thing we're trying to fix right now. Because I can't personally yeah. find myself in that, in that position. Well, I can now because I, I'm married. But I can't imagine like 10 years ago being in this in this position. That's I mean that's another fact that that's another like cultural societal level thing that's going on, right? We don't really talk about sex and bedroom things very openly because it's so taboo. And because of that, all these insecurities, mm. all these expectations build up, which then let that then kind of lead to I guess poorer mental health in general because we're like oh my god I can't perform oh my god I don't know how to please my partner you know all these things what if the person is sleeping with someone else I think it all comes from is this less of an issue in the west I mean given that it's cultural Sean do you know anything like if it's Australia wise here in Melbourne (laughs) it's still Australia (laughs) no dating a Singaporean girl (laughs) 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 nah but no, I, I think humans are humans, right? I don't think um, I, I think mm. it happens everywhere. Like saying my Aussie friends, you know, there's still these insecurities. I don't think it's like an Asian mm. thing. Mm. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, what about the the lack of ability to talk about it more openly? I guess. Yeah, I I think in Asia and especially in Singapore, there's, Singapore there's definitely this stigma. Um, mm. you know, 
Um, but I would say that like male egos are still male egos, whether it's white man ego it's or true. Like, you know, you have <laughs> Asian mm. men. Right? It's 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 really like what's stopping men oftentimes the shame and the machismo, right? You have this male, excessive male ego. So I, I think it happens everywhere, like where once you have these issues you know, men generally is like, oh, I have to put... Because, like, we grew up, we're, like, conditioned, right? Like, you know, like, men can't cry, you know, like, or, like, you fall down, like, suck it up, man up, you know, all this kind of thing. Yeah. So there's always this, like, need, this false bravado, right? Um, and I think and it happens mm-hmm. all throughout the world. So yeah, what are, okay. you know, actionable steps we can take to talk about, you know, I don't know, like, health, uh, to find a healthier way to talk about sex and even, you know, all these things around sex but but yeah. as ed or pe right i i think for us what as from from what we see with all our patients is actually the truth is older men are more open to share about these conditions so we see a lot of older men who are 60s even some in their 30s they're like oh i share my close friend so i think generally it's like this right where we, we see this trend this is not like okay this is not some <laughs> official scientific but this is the trend that we spot right which is those on 20s when they have this con- condition they always feel that mm. they're alone because in their minds like the world is crashing down. Like, how can I at 20, 25 mm. ever get ED, right? We'll never share with anyone, like, causes that almost. Then you start to hit 30s, you and your close friend maybe, like, have one or two of these experiences you just have to share, right? So you see, like, people in their 30s, like, 40s, they often, like, they'll tell us, like, oh, I share with, like, two or three of my close friends. Yeah. Then you start to see people who are, like, 50s, 60s, they got one whole gang, right? Like, yeah. everyone, like, so, like, so everyone like, oh, at I the coffee friend, shop you know, drinking like, tiger beer, <laughs> not sponsored, by the yeah. way, or <laughs> talking about it openly. Yeah. yeah. I can imagine. Well, yeah, because at that point, it's expected. No, no I think at that point, it's no longer, like, mm. a taboo thing. Because, like, so many of your mm. friends get it, right? But I think the quicker you realise that it's, it's not really a taboo thing, then the easier it is for you to talk, mm-hmm. I think, ultimately. Yeah. But that's where mm. supplements come up, right? Yeah. yeah, I actually I was going to talk about supplements. Um, yeah. I wanted to understand because I obviously you know at least for me it's mm. quite obvious. I um, there there are drugs or supplements like Viagra, right, to help with. Mm. Actually, I'm not sure how it works. ED. That's a medication. So can you explain to us yeah. medically speaking how how these different medications work and help? Um, okay. I'm not. I'm not a doctor, mm. but I try. Yes, I try. thanks for the <laughs> Okay, so essentially, so important. <laughs> yeah. So, I think Viagra, Cialis, like a bunch of prescription mm. drugs, right? Um, often they're called PDE five inhibitors. So PDE five is essentially an enzyme in your body that causes blood to flow out of your penis, right? So what these drugs do is they inhibit the enzyme from flowing out, thus retaining more blood in your penis task helping you to maintain an erection right so simplistically speaking that's how the drugs work right um so yeah so, so that's 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 a prescription medicine that you need a doctor um obviously there are like side effects and you know there are like medical um conditions that can you know there's contraindictions mm-hmm. bunch of stuff right that um you know the doctors have to mm-hmm. to watch out for um yeah so that's that's essentially uh ed medication for you mm, 101 I, yeah. I mean what if Thanks someone what if someone chooses to adopt a more yeah. natural mean like the tonkat ali the legendary tonkat ali that everyone talks about i don't know what it is <laughs> i think it's a root right right um but does, does, is it just as effective uh, yeah i think or not a go-to so i just i asked this to one of our um, medical advisors before so prof peter lim um, I actually brought out this question. What about like, you know, supplements and Tonka Ali, right? Everyone, like since young, you know, somehow you always hear of Tonka Ali, Tonka Ali, right? 
So see, Tonka Ali essentially um, increases blood flow throughout your whole body. Right? So it's just that obviously if your whole body like you know, like increases blood flow, right? Then it's just by byproduct your penis. But for you to actually take an effect, you need like at least um I think three months of like daily taking, oh, if I'm wow. not wrong. So it's not like mm, you take one time then like you okay. know away. Yeah, so it's like a consistent right. thing la, that you have to do. Yeah. With yeah, so with other supplements actually, like um there are actually ingredients and like uh active ingredients that are clinically proven to help. So actually what we have done, um, because we had a lot of men coming to us, right? Um uh, we have actually formulated a supplement um to help boost male virility. So um we work with um uh, formulated in the US, we made it in Singapore. Um, we had Ashwa Ganha, so KSM sixty six. Um, it's Indian mm. ginseng. So we have a bunch of clinicals to prove like it helps male virility, mm. sperm count, all of that. So we basically created a blend of five active ingredients to help male health, men's health. So like a five in one capsule. <laughs> oh man, it's going to like an MLM pitch now. <laughs> no, 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 it's not like this is. No, but we did we did it because we had so many men who come to us and say like, hey, I need like other than like, there's a, there definitely people who like. Don't just want prescription medication, right? They want like, you know, like supplements to help. And we didn't want to just like, hmm. like we don't want to recommend things that mm-hmm. we like. You know, I mean, some, some random stuff. So we yeah. we went yeah, to formulate our own. Okay, what about uh something that we didn't really talk about because we've only been talking about the penis thus far? But let's talk about something that happens far more often, which is hair loss. And hair loss also contributes to a huge amount of affecting mm. a man's ego. So, um. You know how how do we deal with that? You know now we are we are all still young. We have a head full of hair. Uh, well, most of us do. I know my best friend is already balding, and he's like the same age as me as well. And that affected him, to be honest. But he shaved his head and thought that he looked like Justin Timberlake. I thought that's one way to turn uh, lemon into lemonade as well. So that's quite cool. But what what do you think from your expertise dealing with hair loss? Actually, a lot of people don't know this, but hair loss is actually a young man's problem. Um, a lot of people with hair loss start young because it's genetics. Um, you know, if you see your father, your grandfather, chances is, you know, high chance you also will get hair loss. Um, so it's something that you can't really run away from. Like it's not it's not by choice, right? It's, it's just genes. But the good news is there's actually medication that really can help with hair loss. So start early, right? But for those who don't want to be on medication, right, then I think... Then you just gotta brave the bald man. Bald is beautiful, you know. Like just, you know, because it it is is I I think we women's even trickier because women also suffer yeah. from hair loss, right? But the thing is, um, there's a lot of your identity tied the, the to your for, hair, you know. Like I yeah, exactly. it definitely and affects women more than yeah. men, right? For men, you got the peel, right? You, it definitely affects women more than men. Or um, I don't understand. I think it depends that, on the person. It depends on the person, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but but for men we we have medication that is made yeah. for male pattern baldness, right? For for women that isn't the equivalent, so women have to go for like topical or like mm. supplements, which sometimes they have different efficacy or do hair transplant, which is gonna cost you like thousands of dollars. So men we have it like I would say like slightly better, but you know for us in our experience like a lot of hair loss patients who come to us sometimes they suffer from like lower self esteem. Right, especially those who are younger and they experience more severe hair loss mm-hmm. early on, right? Um, then when they come, ego, self-esteem is hit. I think that's where, you know, we also do sometimes recommend them like, hey, if you need help to talk to someone, you want to chat, 
know there's therapies available and i think ultimately is i know about mental health is providing easy access right a convenient access where there's it's, it's really like almost low barrier of entry right that's what we want to do right is okay if you need to talk to someone you have a professional that's there easy to connect with and you can talk about it i think that's that's one of the key steps we feel to really have to address this mental like mm. you know mental health issue where oftentimes it's so scary to see a psychologist it's almost like you know like almost mm. like am I, do I have something wrong or like you know like it's expensive and all of that mm. yeah Sabrina what do you think? I oh, know it's just really interesting to think about um, how how all these physical you know physical symptoms really affect our internal self-worth right because um, we're so yeah. I guess we're so fixated as a, I don't know as a human race in general on how we look like and present ourselves externally that we oftentimes forget what's going on mm. inside, right? And there's so much more to a person than, I don't know, like their sexual performance than to their hair or to their anything that's, you know, external facing. Um, but at the same time, it, it really does make sense where this comes from because, um, you know, we're, we're very exposed to all the, you know, media standards, especially of beauty and porn as well. And... Um, and yeah, it's really easy to get lost in all of that noise. I'm, I'm just thinking about this. I find a lot of relevancy uh, to ob- obesity as well, uh, especially where mm. hair loss is concerned because it's really about image and uh, how you're presentable to uh, your your preference of, of gender for a partner. So, you know, I'm putting on a lot of weight also now so I can speak um, with direct personal experience that yeah you know it has affected quite a bit especially back when uh, before covid where you could go to all these conferences and you see all these guys in different suits as well like oh, okay mm. they look pretty damn good and then because just because you're bald or just because you are a little bit fatter um people take you less serious as well and i think that has huge impacts uh huge impact on mental health too you know trying to manage mm. your expectations and manage your self-confidence as well Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have, I have a question for you, Sean. Like, um, so you know, you've obviously interfaced or interacted with a lot of people through your business, right? With regards to men's mm. mental health and also with women's mental health through the way. So you know, and and I yeah. guess through the process, you've also developed some empathy towards these people. Um, so what have you learned so far the past uh, year since you started your company? Yeah. I mean, like for for me, is is this 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 shift in mindset about these conditions, right? I think prior to starting Noah and Zoe, like I would think that ED is you know this taboo thing, you know like PE, all these different conditions, and you now I would I would always think that like it's such a small amount of population, like small little, like it's it's just like one small segment of the population that experiences this, right? But for me, I think having gone through and you know interacting with men right and women on a daily basis to experience this i think it's like it's a very prevalent thing i think ultimately there's something that i think within everyone in the team right has drilled in that these are extremely prevalent conditions that can be treated and they're actually very normal right and when you start to recognize that it's actually pretty normal then the shame and the, the awkwardness and all of that just just goes away right immediately so i think that's that's the that's the biggest thing for me which is you know like having that and i think secondly is 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 seeing how like um, a close support system actually is so important right because we had men who come to us and they're like oh like I'm on the verge of like divorce 
right? Because of ED, right? Because like, I couldn't have sex with my wife for three years, four years, right? But, you know, having friends, having people that they share with, having, you know, them starting to open up, right? To find that support by having a therapist to guide them through, you start to see that change, right? And, they, you know, relationships start to come back. You know, even people with mental health, right? You know, where they often feel that they're alone, no one can understand them. You know, having that close support network, um, has, has been pretty mm-hmm. tremendous and you know for for us is um yeah it's, it's it's really interesting to 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 learn and the the last thing I think I would say is is mental health is just so important man like you know I think as a founder you know like oftentimes you work so hard right um and you know you're pulling crazy hours on the team and you know for me it's recognizing that it's, it's not a sprint it's a marathon and you know mental health is health and you know if you're burning out then what's the point, right? Like you can't run your company properly. So this is like more of a lesson on like for us, you know, as well, which is we want to move fast, but at the same time, you know, we just had a mental health break last Friday where That's the whole great. company just, everyone just chillax, <laughs> just mm. take a day off to to just to disconnect. Um, yeah, and then for us, we, we started to realize that this is actually like extremely important as well. Thanks for sharing. It's great. You're almost mm. answering the last question that we have for you which is how do you find calm for yourself oh. <laughs> and I th- yeah you know I'm hearing a lot of things about what you, you're doing from, from your company level will you be able to share a little bit more for on a personal level for example how you find the calm for yourself yeah. amongst your friends are you a personal advocate also to your, your closer friends or even your not so close friends like second degree do you uh, yeah you know talk about the work that yeah. you do and then how do you how do you essentially find the calm for yourself and for the ones around you? Yeah. So I think for me, like, I, I feel that the, the issue is that we are so connected, right? So it's like, um, I, I'm sure like many, everyone like experiences where like, you're on a date with your partner and then the emails come in, the Slack comes in, you know, like you can't, you can never like disconnect, right? And, and so, you know, I'm starting to like draw more boundaries, like, you know, like, you know, if I'm just like going to switch off like slacks, everything all off. And that's, that's, that's how I find my calm, right? If I'm, I'll go for walks, right? And if I'm, I'm on a walk with my, my girlfriend, okay, no phone, nothing. I'm not going to check, right? Um, with my friends, I try not to talk about work because like I want to disconnect from work, right? I don't want to like keep bringing out work. So I'm talking about any other things, right? And I think if one guy always come and all he does is talk about his work, it's damn boring. <laughs> like that guy's just damn boring, right? So I'll... I would choose intentionally not to talk about work. Talk about anything, right? Tell me about your life. Tell me about like, you know, things like what, what you do on your date, whatever, right? Like just find things to talk about that is not work um, to intentionally like draw that boundary um, between work do, and... Do you personal. find your life in your yeah. bedroom increasing or getting better uh, because of finding this calm for yourself? <laughs> if you want to share. Um, I, I think... I, I think like a relationship generally gets better, right? So happy, happy, happy go, happy life, you know, <laughs> like so generally, like things get better. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, said. folks, I tried to we put him on the, the spot. Details, all good. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to put him on the spot for more controversial yeah. questions, but it was all good. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sean, for joining us today. I really learned a lot. Sabrina, what do you think? I did too. I, I really enjoyed my conversation today. So thank you so much, Sean, for sharing. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Calm Conversations. If you liked today's conversation, make sure to follow this podcast. We have a lot more interesting conversations lined up dealing with many different aspects of mental health from an Asian cultural lens. 
Make sure to follow us on Instagram, Telegram, or Facebook to find out when we're releasing our next podcast episode or hosting our next talk. You can look us up as Calm Collective Asia or go to our website www.calmcollective.asia. This podcast is supported by the National Youth Council, the Youth Action Challenge, and Youth Collab. Also, a huge thank you to Snakeweed Studios who are helping us record and produce this podcast. See you next time. Until then, stay calm.